Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, it is time once again for another episode of The Hangover. There's only two faces on the screen, and this is an opportunity. Man, I tell you what, I feel really bad, Shannon White, for anybody on the audio side because they are they are missing out on two large guys dancing in their chairs when they hear right. that music That's at right. the beginning. But, you know, Tony Defio is not with us. He's not going to be with us next week. He'll be back. We're not losing Tony completely. He will. He is going to be back with us. He is just taking care of some personal business. So have no fear. We can't have the show without Tone Deaf. You know that, Shannon White. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was, I was concerned about him uh, with the Bengals losing yesterday. <laughs> I was like, I know he was so disappointed. And I said, he won't even make the show. And then I remembered he was already told us he wasn't going to be here. So hopefully he's doing all right out there and, and you know, picking up the pieces and Bravely trudging forward. Our very own Marky Davison, Steelers Nation Australia, Bengals lost, haha. You know, that guy hates, he hates the Bengals more than anything. I think more than you and I combined that much. In fact, Marky, throw on your headset if you want to jump in and gloat, you can. I will bring you in. You know what to do. Um, yeah, I, I thought about him right mm-hmm. away. So, you know, we're not going to, we're not going to spend a whole heck of a lot of time on the Bengals game, a um, couple things. I'm worried I, I would love to see Juju Smith-Schuster playing in the Super Bowl. I hope that knee's not that serious. Do you know anything about that? No, I was, I've was. i been wondering. I've looked today at different times, and I haven't seen any updates about his knee. Um, you know, like you said, I hope it's not so bad that it's going to hold him out of the Super Bowl. No, I, I really look. You know, I that's one of those situations where uh, – it wasn't a uh, girl don't go away mad just go away thing it, uh, motley crew by the way from dr feel good um <laughs> maddie p uh, excuse me marky d has bedhead so he's like i'm not coming on <laughs> he probably looks better than me with bedhead um but you know i mean i kind of i mean it was like a mutual parting i mean you know it it just worked out it, we're in a situation now in the NFL where it's like Javon Hargrave. I'm glad to see Javon Hargrave in the, the Super Bowl, but it's yeah. now business decisions for both sides for the team and for the player. And, and I get it. And uh, mm-hmm. I understand how that goes, Shannon. Yeah. I mean, there's no hard feelings at all. Uh, I, I thought Juju 
coming back to play that last year with the Ben, it showed a lot of loyalty to the Steelers and the Ben. Um, you know, their relationship, that connection they had. But uh, yeah, I mean, he had a great opportunity to go to Kansas City and he's had a solid year. And I've been really impressed. And and like I said, I it would be terrible if he doesn't get to play in the Super Bowl. And you know, then Javon Hargrave, I mean, he's a he was a perfect uh, fit for Philly. You know, we always he was really good in here, but in Philly, I mean, you know, he's just been dominant. So I've been really uh excited to see him. So whoever wins, uh, you know, it's gonna be one of the guys that that we have some fond memories of. Were you holding your breath in that game yesterday? Because when I saw that graphic uh, close to the end of the third quarter on how much has changed, it was like 131 in yards to negative two, and the Bengals leading that in the third quarter. I'm like, oh, they're coming back. I mean, were you concerned? Because I was really concerned. I, I thought Joe was going to be cool in the clutch. And I, I don't really feel like he was, but I don't think that's an indictment. I still think he is going to be one of the great quarterbacks in this league. I'm just glad to see them not making it. Oh, I was I was really concerned because the last three times the Bengals had beat the Chiefs, the Chiefs had done nothing in the fourth quarter in all three games. And, it, you know, it looked like we was getting a repeat of that. And um, so the, the actually the Kansas City defense – put the Chiefs in some really good opportunities, you know, uh, with that one deflected interception, that was a really nice play. And then when Mahomes just fumbled that ball and then because his ankles bothered him, you could tell he was, you know, he was kind of leery to dive on the ball. You know, he was hurting. I said, Oh no, that's the window, the opening that the Bengals were going to need. But thankfully they was able to uh, pull that victory out uh, because it, you know, it made me really happy to see the Bengals lose. You know, we have somebody in the live chat, um, obviously a Bronco fan. Hey, welcome. You're always welcome on the show. Bengals fans, Ravens fans are welcome. As, you know the rules. Anybody can come in the living room. Just don't be on the couch. So <laughs> we're glad to have what you're talking about, Bronco country. I love that. That's that's a great name. It sounds like our show, What Yin's Talking About, here on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com on Thursdays at noon. Uh, so, you know, he said, that's been going on all year with Kansas City. Referees bailing them out when they needed it. Do you feel like that was some Mahomes cooking yesterday when Osai got hit with that that penalty, or do you feel like that was a valid penalty? I think the whole where they replayed the third down was more questionable to me um, than the the rough in the pass or the late hit out of bounds on Osai there at the end. I mean, he was out of bounds. Um, you know, I just hope that people don't try to place the whole blame of the Bengals losing on that young man. He was hustling across the field because, you know, when you're in that, they were almost in field goal range. And he was trying to make sure that Mahomes didn't pick up, you know, an extra yard or two. So he hustled over and, and shoved him, but didn't realize he was out of bounds. I mean, the, the situation and the circumstance is why he, he didn't have good field awareness or I don't think he would have pushed him, but you know, they had chances that, you know, he shouldn't get all the blame and I haven't really heard anything today. So hopefully, you know, the, he ain't getting the death threats and everything like a lot of the idiot fans do. Even some Stiller fans have done that in the past. You know what? Um, one thing that I am seeing is that, uh, Jermaine Pratt came out and, uh, actually put the blame on himself. Um, I didn't really get to to read that entire thing, but it seems like there's a lot of support with the Bengals players for Osai. I, you know, I like to see that because mm -hmm. it's a player. I, you know, yeah. I, I get this. This was not. There are a lot of people laughing on Twitter yesterday, um, comparing this to the perfect situation. This wasn't even close. No, no, no. It no. was not a. <laughs> it was not meant to be a dirty hit, whatsoever. I, I mean, it wasn't. It. Am I going to flag that? Yeah, I'm I'm going to go ahead and flag yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. But um, I can see, and I said this on bad language, I can see the Steelers being in that same situation and getting nailed for that because that's not a, that was not a dirty play. No, but it is a penalty. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a penalty. And now what do you say to anybody from Cincinnati that if they are crying the blues today? Well, if, if, you know, like I said, I haven't seen the reports you were talking about, but if Pratt and some of the leaders of that team 
are are standing up, taking responsibility, and not letting that young man get blamed for that loss, then I think that bodes well for them to still have a championship window moving forward because that's something that a uh, an organization, a classy organization, would do. Uh, they haven't always been a classy organization. When you talk about Buffett and Pac-Man Jones and some other guys, uh, you know that that would be out of character for them. But hopefully, they are becoming more of a class organization. I think uh, you know Taylor is a good coach, and I think he's trying to put together uh, a championship level team. So I said last night how they handled that situation. You know, we'll say a lot about them moving forward. Like, if you're trying to put all the blame on the refs, you know, it refereeing this it's been down all year, in my opinion. There's been some really bad, uh, a bad job by a lot of these crews, and you know, they was in both games yesterday, in my opinion. But the the call we're getting to do over on third and whatever it was nine or whatever. I thought that was, um. You know, it just, whether that's the rule or not, uh, they timed it poorly because the guy come running in after the play had already started. And uh, so I could understand to being upset about that. But unlike the Jesse James call against the Patriots, uh, it wasn't, that play wasn't at the end of the game. You know what I'm saying? It didn't have the same impact. And then the 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 rough of the passer or the late hit, whichever it was, I ain't sure what they called it. Um, that was the legit penalty. So I don't think that was the Mahomes of the Chiefs getting home cooking. Grant, I'm glad you said that. Um, wow, this is one of the most surprising things I have ever seen here on the Hangover or any of our shows. Our good friend Brian Brown, he says that guy was heartbroken. No way it was way it was dirty. He never gives the Bengals any yeah, props yeah. whatsoever, and I love to see that. Now you mentioned class organization. I want to, I'm going to bring up uh, somebody here as well, but our good friend, Kevin Smith. I mean, he is a great contributor. Mm. He is uh, you know, he's a football coach. I'm not going to mention any names, but one of his, uh, one of his players is a former coordinator for the, the Bengals and uh, his dad, not the player, <laughs> his, his dad. And, and he said, he said, uh, he would ask him, what, what was it like in Cincinnati? He's like, when I was there rough yeah. and they were a good team when he was there, mm-hmm. but, but just a mess of an organization. And he said, what they're doing right now is absolutely phenomenal. Um, I, I made jokes about Zach Taylor going into bars. Now I think it's awesome. Now, the more I think of it, I think it's awesome that he's doing that. They have captivated this city. Zach Taylor has captivated that city. Jamar Chase has, Joe Burrow has, and uh, anybody that's going to rip on Joe Burrow, um, did he have his uh, Joe Cool moment yesterday? No, he didn't. But that guy, when he when he's goes out and says, you know, the window is going to be open as long as I'm here or as long as we're here together. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I believe it, and I, and I really do. Now, I want to speaking of class acts. I want to bring up because I rail on Bengal fans a lot. You know that. But mm-hmm. I always make sure I do this. I always say 98% of them because there's people like my man B Dirt, Brandon Harriet. Tough loss, but we had plenty of opportunities to win onto the draft. And if you do not listen to B Dirt on We Run the North, which is now the homies, if you don't listen to him, man, one of the best Bengals fans I've ever, I've ever heard. He gets it. And the guy lives in Pittsburgh, so he's got to deal with a lot of crap. Mm-hmm. He really does. But absolutely, uh, um, I'm feeling for Beater today because I know he's hurting. But he's like, oh, on to the draft. There you go. And I love the attitude. Um, man, that's tough because we've been in there. I just want to go ahead and bring up this one. A lot of people are worried. Just me asked, what is Tony's new schedule? Is he still on BTSC? Tony's still on BTSC. Mm-hmm. Um Tony has another job, which uh, he's moving some stuff around. We're not going to have the six pack on Friday nights. Um, in fact, we're going to, the homies be dirt and the homies are going to be on Friday nights. Um, this is something that, that uh, Tony's doing because of a schedule. He will be here 
for, um, Mondays at five, not next week, but then after that, he's back. And you never know um, what other opportunities we're going to have with Tony because Tony is Tony's our guy. I also got to bring up one more guy. Uh, I talked about what you talk about, uh, Bronco Country. That's our good friend, Big E Bronco, which I did not know. So uh, it's absolutely fantastic to see him there. So on the other, let's talk about the other game real quick, Shannon, before we get into the crux of the show. Mm-hmm. One of the worst AFC, NFC championship games or any championship game mm-hmm. I've ever seen. <laughs> um, it's, it's not because of the Eagles. We didn't get to see a, a full San Francisco team yesterday. Mm-hmm. They were beat up going in. Uh, Dave Schofield is going to have an article about the quarterback role the three quarterback role. That's something that check that out. That's something that has got to change. They, I, they used to do it that you had an emergency quarterback that, that uh, you didn't have to put on the, uh, the game day roster, but if you needed that emergency quarterback, they could jump in and now they don't do that anymore. That's something that I'm still a little sketchy on how it works, but you can't have that, especially in a championship game, Mm-mm. because when uh, God bless him, Brock Purdy, he comes back in, and he can't raise his he can't raise his arm, couldn't throw, and and anything that you look at, anything he did after that injury, you got to give him a pass. And Steeler Chick forty six says, "Yeah, McCaffrey was emergency quarterback, but that's." That's not, that's not helping things. Anyway, I remember once we had, I think James Harrison, maybe he was joking, but maybe he was saying that uh, at one time that he was the emergency quarterback in one situation. <laughs> and, you know, and I get it. Um, you know, when the Steelers had Antoine Randall L, I think, and Heinz Ward, they were quarterbacks at one point, but still it's a mess if those guys are in there trying to play quarterback when, especially in a championship game. So, and this is not a situation like that perfect game in Cincinnati, the Pac-Man Jones game, the perfect game, the AB mm-hmm. game, when Ben came back in and could hardly lift his shoulder. Landry Jones wasn't hurt. He was just not effective whatsoever. Mm-hmm. So that's why he came into the mix. So with that being said, just a rough game. I, I feel like we got robbed out of a true mm-hmm. championship game there. I still, but I will say this, I I was still picking Philadelphia to win that game. I was rooting for San Francisco more. But the one thing I'm happy about, and I, I uh, this isn't what I cheer for, but this is what I want every year. It's a, a new Super Bowl. And one thing we have is a new Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. What and now it's it's uh, turning into more of the Andy Reid bowls since he coached both <laughs> teams, and you know there's great storyline with that too. So I'm a I don't know who I'm rooting for yet. Maybe I'm just rooting for Juju and Javon. Maybe I'm just rooting for the Jays um, and the former Steelers. And uh, knowing that one of those former Steelers is going to touch a sticky Lombardi, I I think that's great. I'll take it. But right now, I, I'm just rooting for football. Shannon, who are you rooting for? Oh, probably the Eagles. Um, I'm not as uh, a huge Eagles fan, obviously. But uh, uh, my whole thing is, you know, I've been talking about it for six weeks, is I want to see how the elite rosters of the NFC, meaning the Eagles and the 49ers, would match up against the elite quarterbacks of the AFC. Because it didn't matter if it was the Chiefs made it, the Bengals made it, or the Bills made it. You knew they was going to have an elite quarterback. And um, But we're starting to see that um, Hurts is an elite quarterback in his own way. Um, you know, He's not on the same level with those other guys yet. But he is just the perfect signal caller for that offense. And, you know, with his running ability and, and he's a – accomplished passer and they built that team uh and added him to it so they have a complete roster i thought the Bengals had the most complete roster out of the afc teams but 
you know, those injuries to the offensive line really impacted the Bengals. And then for some reason, they abandoned the running game with Mixon, who I thought could have had more success. So they kind of played into the Chiefs' hands there. So now you're going to have a team. I don't think the Chiefs, I mean, especially with all them injuries at wide receiver, I, I think they've got, you know, they're pretty banged up going into this Super Bowl. And the Eagles, with that complete roster, it wouldn't shock me at all if the Eagles don't win the Super Bowl. Philly cheesesteak versus KC barbecue. Who you got? That's Brandon Harriot. I, I I can't decide. Those are two of the greatest things ever. I mean, I I mean, one's a sandwich. One's like a smorgasbord of of meat, and mm-hmm. it, it's both awesome. Um, I've never officially been to Kansas City Steakhouse. I've been to a Kansas City Steakhouse, but not in Kansas City. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've had Philly cheesesteaks. I have never had the Pats or the Genos or anything like that. Uh, my gosh, I mean, I can't choose that. I mean, those are two of the two of the things that are on my death row menu. I hope <laughs> I'm never on death row. But if it's my last meal, if you said, "Okay, bad, we're killing you tomorrow in the electric chair," <laughs> because Tony's really not on assignment. Um, you know, no, I'm just <laughs> um, yeah, you know. You get either a Philly Chase steak or Kansas City barbecue. I think at this point I might be going cheesesteak, but barbecue's awesome. Oh no, I can't decide. Yeah, I would have to take um the barbecue because there's more variety. Oh yeah, but onions and peppers and <laughs> oh. and Ron Schultz is asking Pats versus Geno's. I don't know the answer, but I was watching a show about I think it was Geno's um, trying to fix their website and 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 be more and uh, especially after COVID and be more efficient and everything and oh man now I'm hungry oh <laughs> oh and I think it's leftover nice night at the bad house so yeah, I don't know all right let's uh let's roll into our second half we'll be back right after this. And we're going to pay attention to positions not currently of black and gold need, but they could be. We saw that with the championship games. Got to have depth, and depth is important. We'll talk about that right after this on what? Oh, it's the hangover on BT. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Ain't the worst looking man you've ever seen. And there I am on the subway train. Gary, Gary Taking us into the second half. Uh, great stuff. Worst looking man. Shannon Bad here. Tony is on assignment. Uh, no, he's safe. I didn't do anything to Tony. I can't. <laughs> I, I can't live without that guy. That, that's that's my buddy. I I appreciate everything Tony does, and he'll be back uh, not next week, but the week after that. So, with that being said, we're going to pay attention to positions not currently of black and gold need. Now, Shannon, when we talk about needs, everybody's going to throw out number one. They're going to throw out the trenches. What are you throwing out number two? Number two, well if we're talking about draft need, what I think the actual need is, whether it's free agency or draft, 
I think this draft D number two is inside linebacker. Okay. I'm uh, I'm going with corner there, but you know what? Corner's if, uh, my number three. But if we're drafting and you've got those three positions and it's the, the best guy on the board, uh-huh. you know, I'm cool with whoever I'm cool with those positions. Definitely. Where, where you don't want them to go in the draft at this particular juncture, of course, you don't want them to go for a quarterback, a running back, a tight end, a safety, you know, where those are positions that you don't necessarily want them to go for, but you had a very interesting article that uh, has it hit or are you working on it? No, I'm working on it right now. Want to give us a a sneak peek or are we going to save this? No, it's we've, there's been a lot of talk about the Steelers, you know, going and trying, if he's there uh, drafting, you know, Jordan Addison because of, you know, his success he had at Pitt with Kenny Pickett. And I understand the logic, except for it's it's not apples to oranges here. We've got, you know, it worked for the Bengals because they got Joe Burr, who was the number one pick in the whole draft, which I don't think anybody's going to confuse Kenny Pickett right now with Joe Burrow coming out. Then you have Jamar Chase the following year, who the only, you know, he was the number one ranked wide receiver. Oh, I railed on that big time. Yeah, but Jordan Addison is not, you know, the number one ranked. I think he's around third or fourth right now. We'll see what happens during the, you know, combine and pro days. But what I'm saying is there's no guarantee. I've never heard of people wanting to connect, you know, reunite a college quarterback with his college wide receiver until it worked out for Burrow and Chase and the Bengals. The problem is that what the article is focusing on is it's actually one of the positions you just mentioned that the Steelers, you know, would maybe stay away from is what if all that matters is that the Steelers acquire weapons after rebuilding their foundations, they're going to have at least four picks early, you know, in those first three rounds. And so it really matters more that they acquire weapons. If they do have a good value fall to them. What if the top tight end, say the Meyer kid, the tight end out of Notre Dame, falls to 17? You're getting a possible generational talent, the best player available, you know, BPA we always talk about, at his position, and add that to the attack the Steelers already have. Well, it does a couple of things. One, Matt Canada is obviously a good run game coordinator, not a good pass game coordinator. You get a wide receiver who says that, Matt Canada is going to be able to utilize him effectively enough to warrant taking him number one. Whereas if you take the top tight end prospect, not only can you run the two tight end sets that the Steelers did so effectively in the second half of the season, when they finally established a running game that they haven't had for a few years, but you also would, it would provide insurance in case Pat Fryermuth continues to suffer frequent concussions to the point that it shortens his career. So, you know, even though we don't necessarily think about the Steelers going tight end in the first round of this draft, it could all depend on how that draft falls to them. And if they think, you know, a guy in that first, the 17th pick, or say the 32nd pick, say the, the Daryl Washington from Georgia, that big tight end, really talented uh, blocker and receiver from Georgia falls to him then you would not only have a really good tight end tandem to run your two tight end sets, but you would also have in shorts in case Friar Muse concussions shortens his career. All right. Forgive me if, if I uh, mispronounce this name, but at number 32, every single Steeler fan seems to have already penciled in Siaki Ika or Ika from Baylor. Mm. Not sure mm. how to pronounce it. If you know, please let me know. Um, I have not watched him play. I I've seen, I've seen film. I've seen, I mean, the guy looks, he's three fifty. He looks like a load, but there was another guy from, from, uh, Baylor that everybody wanted in 2016. And he, and he fell to the fourth round. It was Andrew Billings and they still didn't take him because they took Hargrave instead. Mm-hmm. But you know, I, I see what you're saying 
about the tight end thing, and I will not discount that. And we're going to find out what happens when you're looking at a tight end. Excuse me, when you're looking at a free agency. Maybe uh-huh. they bring in a tight end, they're not going to do anything there. I, and I'm also going to say, you know, maybe they uh, maybe they feel a little more, maybe they feel a little bit better with a guy like Connor Hayward, too. Because do they feel he could be a number one? I don't know, but some things that I saw of him, he uh, he felt like he could be. But you never know. But that's a position of need. You brought up the number one reason that this is the topic tonight is because of what if Pat Fryermuth has concussion problems? Mm-hmm. Had a whole heck of a lot of them. And this is all about depth. This is about... Looking at those positions that not everybody's talking about. Man, I of course, trenches, inside linebacker, and trenches is for two sides of the ball. There's yeah, two different yeah. sides. And uh, inside linebacker, a must. Because we have some people cutting every single inside linebacker on this team. <laughs> I really think that they are going to, uh, I could almost guarantee you, in my brain, I could guarantee me that I think this is going to happen. Miles Jack's going to have a, an extension and a new contract, and it's going to be less of a hit. I really think that's going to happen. And with his age and what he brings, I I, I think they might go ahead and uh, and do something like that. Uh, that might be you know the same with some other players. The, you know the magic of the couch cushion. I want to call him Couch Cushion Con because that's what. <laughs> Omar Khan does better than anybody. Um, you know, and then you have the Gentry situation. He's a free agent. Yeah. You know, so it, it's going to be really interesting to see. And this is just not about tight ends, but it's about those positions. I think if we're looking at anything, I think the one place that they don't add, I think at this point, I think running the running back situation in the draft is probably pretty safe because Jalen Warren's the kind of guy that that proves that you can do real well mm-hmm. with the right undrafted free agent. And we've seen a whole heck of a lot of that. But one of the myths is you don't you never draft a running back number one. And up until week eight, everybody was still complaining about Najee Harris. I still think that was probably I still think that's a great pick. Uh, I, I think the stable, that's probably the safest uh, the safest place to go with, to ignore right now. Mm-hmm. But quarterback is a big situation. Now, you're not looking for a starter. Mm. You're, de- you're definitely not. And I, I could almost, I would bet money on it. Not betting the house, I, but they're not going quarterback in the first round. I think if they go quarterback at all, it's in the seventh. But you got to figure out where they're going to go with their their backups mitch you gotta have backups you probably want to have a veteran presence there you can Mm -hmm. get a veteran presence maybe cheap it might not be mitch and the thing with mitch is yeah he's he's probably very well would be a guy that they would cut because they could save eight million if they cut him there's some dead money there too but they can probably put eight million back on the cap then You've got to look at the third position. You, you're pretty sure that, I don't know, what's your thoughts on Mason Rudolph? Do you you think he even wants to come back here? If I'm him, I'm running. I'm running away. I'm like, no, I don't, I don't think there's any chance. I'm not picking up the phone if I'm Mason Rudolph. Yeah, I don't think there's any chance he wants to come back to Pittsburgh. I wouldn't blame him. No. I, I really wouldn't. I think that the... One of the things that the Steelers, you know, they could possibly trade Mitch Trubisky uh, because, you know, they still have him on contract. And, you know, he wants another opportunity. He wishes he wouldn't have signed so quickly on the first day of free agency. He said he wished he had waited a little while. Uh, if the Steelers, I think they were going to take Kenny Pickett if he was there regardless. But, you know, I think that, that's why they, even though I think Pickett beat Trubisky out in training camp, I think they started Trubisky because one, Tomlin didn't want to have a rookie quarterback starting the season. 
And two, you know, that's what they brought Trubisky in for. And they hoped for the best and it didn't work out. But um, I think Trubisky has more value in a trade than Rudolph had at all at any point last year. So I know that the the backup quarterback for um, Minskew, the backup quarterback for the Eagles, has been somebody that a lot of people are talking about the Steelers might target to back up Kenny Pickett. And um, I think that he would be a good fit. Their games are kind of similar. And he might be at the point in his career now that he realizes he's not a starter and that, you know, he really needs to focus on being a quality backup. You know what that's called? The Charlie Batch effect. Yeah, that's what Charlie Batch went through. Yeah. And and I'm the guy that, that thinks that there should be a backup quarterback in the Pro Bowl mm. and a backup quarterback in the hall of fame, just like I think there should be assistant coaches in the hall of fame. You know, there, uh, there should be like categories for that, that kind of thing. Um, Mark Malone says, yeah, I think they could get a fifth or a sixth out of Mitch. Yeah, they absolutely could get a fifth or a sixth out of Mitch. Uh, sixth might be more like likely, but don't say what they can't get because we, everybody laughed and scoffed when we talked about, uh, what you can get out of chase Claypool. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And you got a fifth out of Dobbs a couple of years ago. So you never know. You never know who covets what. Mm-hmm. Remember that eBay commercial a couple of years ago? Uh, there was like, a, the wife said, why? No one's going to buy that green lamp. And then there's the guy on the other end going, oh, buy now. And then you look <laughs> at his room and it's green everything. Mm. Yeah, you gosh, you definitely got to recognize that another team's trash is another team's treasure. Mm-hmm. And, and that, that definitely, uh, that definitely works, you know, I mean, and there's guys out there, Claude just mentioned uh, Cooper rush, you know, that they, he just got released. You know, you have players like that. They don't have to be a fantastic player to be a great backup quarterback. I always talked about uh, Matt Moore. And everybody jokes here, and and I gush all over this guy. The minute Key, Case Keenum's available and cheap enough, he might be 52 <laughs> at the time, but I'm like, get Case Keenum! I love him as a backup quarterback. I absolutely do. So, I mean, you know, it's just uh, – also, I, I'm i not sure um, – I'm not sure who asked, but like uh, – yeah, just me said, that leaves us with who? Well, you know who it leaves us with? It, it leaves you with having to bring a couple people in and uh, learn the system. And you, you do, you do that early in free agency. You don't wait on that. Mm-hmm. You know, I kind of think the formula is uh, an undrafted quarterback and a, uh, a wily Sage veteran um, Sage veteran early and an undrafted QB later. Well, look yeah. who uh, won the, Comeback player of the year and most improved player was Geno Smith. Yeah. Uh, you know, he had a phenomenal year, made the Pro Bowl. And, you know, you could have had him for a song and a dance because nobody thought that, you know, they thought he was a bust. Yeah. And get him in the right system, in the right situation, and he had a heck of a season. Geno, it's the Seattle Seahawks. Hey, look, we need, <laughs> we just lost Russell Wilson. This is what we're going to do. Not only are we going to pay for your Netflix account, we are going to go ahead and throw in Hulu. And hey, I'm just thinking off the top of my head. I think you're worth it, Gino. We're going to throw in HBO Max. What do you think? Come and play quarterback for us. You know, yeah, you're right. You could have got him for a song. And now what's that guy worth? On the open market, he's got to make a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they're probably going to say, yeah, you are. <laughs> Uh, I'm just laughing because uh, so someone's making fun of me for my uh, uh, yeah. Pat, let's put bench warmers in the Hall of Fame now. Laugh out loud. I'm just saying, th- there's some great greats of all time that were just backups. Yeah, and, and they filled the role. I mean, like, hey, The Rock would say, "Know your role and shut your mouth." You know, mm-hmm. and that's like if you've got a guy. Charlie Batch did that. He was like. I'm a backup quarterback, guys. That's who I am. Yep. Matt Moore did that. And, you know, I mean, who knows? Who knows? 
yeah, maybe that's a little crazy putting him in the Hall of Fame, but I, I'm just saying, you know, there's <laughs> yeah. there's a if you're the best at something, like I get mad when no one puts kickers in and punters, Ray Guy's in, but he's few and far between. You know, uh Justin Tucker, if he's not first ballot, I'm gonna be ticked off. I don't care yeah. that he's a Raven. Yeah. The guy's the best I've ever seen. Yeah. Morton Anderson, who I had a chance to interview, yeah, he's he's in. Gary Anderson's not. Come on. <laughs> Dwayne says a uh, Flutie. Flutie's another one. And look what happened with touchdown Tommy Maddox. He was selling insurance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. I mean, you look at something like that. The uh, last position I want to bring up here is, you know, we could talk about wide receiver. They're going to be bringing in wide receivers. They definitely are. So I actually have two more positions. Let's talk wide receiver just really quick. They, it's almost like they get an extra draft pick because they're getting Calvin Austin the third. Yep. And if you have not had an opportunity, it is on our audio own network right now. And there's going to be an article. I got a chance to have a conversation face to face, not face to face, but uh, screen to screen with Calvin <laughs> Austin the third. And he's like, look, man, I've, uh, I'm not looking at anything past my first game. I want to be healthy. I want to play, but I'm acclimated completely. Mm-hmm. The only thing I didn't do last year was play in the games and practice physically. But I was at the f- facilities. I'm still at the facilities. I uh, rehabbing. I'm doing all that. I went to all the meetings. I did. I traveled with the team. I did everything. So basically you get a rookie that you're not going to treat like a rookie. You just get an extra addition to that team when he comes in. You know who it reminds me of, Shannon White? Remember the number one pick for the Steelers in 1982, Keith Gary? He decided to go to the Montreal Mm -hmm. Alouettes instead. Mm -hmm. And then I think he showed up in 84. He was number one in 82, showed up in 84. And then it's like, all right, we have our number one pick in 83. And then now we've got another number one pick basically in 84, who was Lewis Lips. Now we basically got another one. Yeah, because that's just addition. You we just didn't get to use them last year, but now you're throwing them in and you're making decisions based on not just George Pickens, not just Deontay Johnson, uh, not just uh, gosh, Steven Sims is in the equation now. I think he's he's, he's a free agent, lot. but he's an extended rights free agent, isn't he? Exclusive rights free agent. He might be. I just know he's yeah. a free agent. Yeah. Yeah. Th- those uh that those are usually easy to get back. I mean, that's that's basically no, he's coming he's coming back. Most well, of the they time, got, those exclusive rights guys are coming back. Then they have Anthony Miller, who Anthony Miller looked like he we, was gonna make the team and he got hurt. You who we all forgot about too. So yeah. you know, and you, you see what they do in the lower rounds. Mm-hmm. Heck, they might take they with their second round pick, that's their third pick in the draft. You know, they could go there again and it doesn't hurt you. I think that the way this draft is falling, there is some really intriguing guys. It's going to be around the fourth round. And if the, if Steelers go wide receiver, I would shock me if it was the, that fourth round pick. Cause there's guys like Bryce Ford Wheaton out of West Virginia. Who's like a poor man's Michael Thomas of the saints. Michael you know, Thomas was a seventh rounder. Yeah, I mean, and I think he could really come in and, and you know, if you take Calvin Austin and his speed and, and add him to the equation, then you get a, even if he's a one-trick pony, let's say he takes the top off of the defense or, you know, he's that big body middle of the field receiver. Um, I wouldn't shock me to see the Steelers. And there's a few other guys out there uh, that's going to fall right in that fourth round range that the Steelers could target. So let's talk about that one last position that intrigues the heck out of me. And this is going to have to do a lot with free agency and it's safety right now. I think safety is one of the safest stables on the team too. Uh, But you've got that big question mark because DeMonte KZ and Terrell Edmonds, they are free agents. Mm -hmm. Minka's Minka's locked and loaded and ready to go. You've got a guy like Arthur Millette, and I, I don't think – look, if I adjust my camera, you're still going to see up my nose. 
I've got that nose that just goes off <laughs> for 201. It's not going to, I can adjust my camera. You are going to see in my nostrils. It's just who I am. I've got a little piggy nose. Quink, 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 quink. I can't help it. It's this pudgy little thing. I would have to sit here like this for you not to see up my nostrils. Nothing I can do about it. I apologize. Um, it's just a, my gosh, I'm not a good looking man. What do you want from me? Um, so anyways, <laughs> where were we? We, we were talking about safety. There you go. Safety. Just. And I, and then here I get my ADDs coming in. Um, but you know what? And is Arthur Mallette on that list too? I think Arthur Millette is is only an emergency safety. He's pretty much a slot corner. I guess Trey Norwood. You got Norwood uh, still and, around uh, on a rookie and deal. Miles Killebrew. Killebrew, yeah. Um, but you know, I feel really solid about the safety position. You know, I think they need to bring Edmonds back with some job security, maybe a three year deal. And I think they need to bring back Kazee because if Fitzpatrick was to have to miss an extended amount of time like T.J. Watt had to this year. I think Kazee could fill in, you know, without a massive drop-off. But any of the other guys, it's it's just not going to work. So I think they need to re-sign Edmonds and re-sign Kazee and then pick up a young player in the draft if one is available uh, that they feel like that, you know, whether it's a late-round pick or undrafted guy, to uh, come in there and, and try to start developing uh, a safety because, um, but yeah, if they can bring back Fitzpatrick Edmonds and Kazee, I feel comfortable with the safety room. And the reason we're not talking about corners and we're not talking about the trenches because, and the inside linebackers, they're on the needs list. Yeah, we know that. Yeah. <laughs> Edge rusher, you know, you kind of feel like they're going to bring in. Look, Quincy Roche is, uh, he's a bottom of the roster guy. It'd be very important. Mm-hmm. but he's there for special teams. And so then we're going to get ready to get on out of here. Mark Malone said, good thing you don't do a lot of Coke back to my nose. Look, <laughs> if I would do cocaine, it would probably get to my brain quicker. I'd probably be dead because that's how high the nose is and anything. And I would, I would probably waste some and I, I'm, I've never done drugs. I'm straight edge, you know, that you wouldn't think I was straight edge, but I am. But this is what happened. I actually have the transcripts from what happened when God was making me. They're like, all right, this baby's almost ready to go, Mr. and Mrs. Davis. Oh, man, we forgot the nose. Anybody have some Play-Doh? Yeah, just, uh... just smash that stuff on there. They just smashed it on there. And it was like, man. so I've got this big fat nose. I don't have the pronounced schnoz like an eagle that some people have. I just, this is just my nose. So I've heard that before. It was probably Core 201 that mentioned before in the live chat I, I look i'm adjusting my camera now you can't see me now because all you see is my mouth you don't want to see that but if i do this no matter what i do unless i go like no you're gonna see the nostrils every time sorry and if you are listening to this anywhere you download your favorite podcast be glad you can't see my nose but the thing about it is i, I can't help it Bad, bad. Yes. It's it's your calling card. It's your calling card. I've talked to people who who you know say, oh, behind the still curtain. And, and they will mention that about you. And that's just you know, it's just it's people, people think talked it's about cute. my nose to you? Yeah, people think it's cute. Really? Yeah, it, it, it's so my nose card. is a topic of conversation. It's your it's one of your identifying features. So yeah, don't don't worry about that. You know what? The only genetic lottery, I'm going to show you here. Only genetic lottery, there's not a single bald spot. All right? no, no, no. I mean, I'm 51 years old and I've got a full head of hair and I need a haircut every three weeks. You don't get yeah. you No, you know what? My nose does not get red in the cold. It doesn't. I mean, I just, I just have that crazy nose. All right. Enough about the nose. Um, <laughs> Gosh, I didn't know Shannon. People talk about my nose. That's really weird. I I never no, thought it's like, about it's that. Like my mom, you know, she likes to watch. You know, when I let her watch the show and stuff, and she's like, she's like, oh, he's got a cute nose. You know, that's just <laughs> so. Just you know, love it, man. It's who you are. I never thought about that. That's well, thanks, Mrs. Shannon White, mom. <laughs> um, that's awesome. Let's get on out of here. Hey, look. 
we love you. We cannot do these shows without you. If you make fun of my nose, you're not on the list. You're still one of my good friends. So I appreciate it. But hey, look, keep on with BTSC for all of your favorite. And I'm saying favorite podcast. Whenever you download your favorite podcast, make sure it's one of ours. We've got some good stuff coming. Uh, Shannon, have you been listening to The Fix and all those interviews they have? Lie if no, you haven't. Lie, the... lie if you haven't. No, I've only heard one of them. And that was the one with uh, uh, Gray, the young running back out of Oklahoma. And and, and uh, the kid from OSU was on that show, too. Yeah, I, I haven't got to listen to that one yet. Yeah, I mean, gosh, that, that guy has been mocked to the Steelers at number one. Uh, then Jim Nagy last week, fantastic show, because he's the senior director of the Senior Bowl. Mm-hmm. That's some good stuff. That's uh, so make sure you check out the fix as they're going to be, there are draft guys, Andrew Wilbar and Jeremy Betts. There's a lot of people. Matty Peverell follows the draft real well. Mm-hmm. I follow the draft, but not like those guys do. I, I follow the draft in a different way, but man, I, I tell you what, if uh, I would not be shocked if Andrew Wilbar becomes one of those great, um, he becomes Mel Kuyper or something like that. <laughs> you know, there's like, uh, I think that's his secret dream. And uh, we it's gonna be hard to it's gonna be hard for him to do that from the mission field though. Yeah, you never know. He can do it. He can (laughs) he can put a heavenly twist on it. And and bets, man, that bets is fantastic too. That was uh, this is where I do the whole pat on the back. I'm like, hey, let's put these two together and and uh, have them do draft. And man, that was that was one of those uh, great pairings. Mm -hmm. And of course, speaking of uh, great, your your buddy, your partner. Jeffrey Benedict. GB. He's got the cutting room floor tomorrow. Mm-hmm. There's going to be another episode of the Snow- the Scobros tomorrow night. And that's a great pair too. So, man, we've got a lot of stuff going on. It might be the off season, but we're not taking any time off. Mm-hmm. Uh, we might not all be here. Tony will be back in two weeks, but we're going to be here for you throughout the whole thing. And you're going to have the best Pittsburgh Steelers coverage if you just stick it right here with us at BTSC. So for my good friend, and I'm serious when I say that, my good friend Shannon White, I've never shook, I've never hugged him. I've never shaken it. Is it shook it or shake? Shake your hand, <laughs> shaken, shaken, not stirred. I've I've we've never embraced, but when I meet him, <laughs> I'm gonna give him good grace, embrace and a hearty handshake, and he might even get a kiss on the cheek. Um <laughs> With, with that being said, uh, for Shannon White, my name is Brian Anthony Davis. <laughs> this is The Hangover, and I'm going to take Tony's role tonight, so I'm going to answer my own question. Just when you think you've got all the answers, we keep changing the questions. Shannon White. Woo! Will we indeed? <laughs>